Love you. All right. Okay, so I'm mic'd up down my back tonight, so we're going to give this a shot. I'm already feedbacking. Okay, am I good? Okay. We're going to give this a shot, ladies. So um, part of me is like, okay, I think we're good for the night. <laughs> We've done the thing. Let's all go home. That's kind of what it feels like right now. Um, and at the same time, I love the way the Lord weaves everything together. Because everything that's been spoken from this space is exactly what he's laid on my heart to bring tonight. He's always good like that. He's always good like that. I love how we sit in the midst of it and think we're in charge of anything. Um, He's always good like that. Um, Last month, um, I stood before you and we talked about loving loving our enemy, inviting them to the table. And it's a hard thing to do. And we walked through some of that. And as I was preparing and listening, the Lord continued to say, there's another invitation that we still need to talk about. And so Paige, when she had asked me to share in July, she goes, hey, I'm going to leave August open. I think maybe, I think maybe this is a twofer. <laughs> I think this is a two-parter. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. I think we're one and done. We're good. Um, but as I continued to just sit with that, I just continued to go, this is too much for one night. This is, this is two different invitations. So last month, we invited our enemies to the table. And we said this welcome that the Lord gives me is for you too. And I'm going to extend it. And I'm going to meet you at the door. Y'all, this one's tender. So I'm probably going to cry a lot tonight. And it's going to be okay. If you know me well, that's my normal. Um, But I am going to ask for a box of Kleenex because I think we've emptied this one. Anybody got one before I start runny-nosing? Thank you, Madison. So as important as it is to invite our enemies to the table, I just continue to hear the Lord say, the invitation, daughter, is for you too. It's for you. You have a beautiful place at the table. We have a ministry that flows out of entourage called Hearts at Rest that Debbie and Paige Stewards so beautifully and what the Lord put in their heart to speak over women in fear and anxiety. And this spring, we walked through it. Um, if that is something that you struggle with, I would encourage you to talk to one of us about it because it's a beautiful weekend to walk through and the Lord does phenomenal things. I had walked through part of that, but I walked through the whole thing this spring and Madison so graciously walked us through um, just kind of a visual exercise And tonight, I just want to bear witness to that. I just want to share with you what the Lord showed me that night and what it has continued to unfold for me. So the first thing that we did was we all closed our eyes, which is good just to get visual distractions out of the way. And I'm going to close my eyes as I talk to you because I want to see the space that I'm talking about. And we were invited to a table, and it was a banquet table. And it was laden, meaning it was full to overflowing. There's just so much flowing off of it. 
What I love about doing things like this is my table looks different than your table. It's the beautiful thing about the Lord, right? We're all created so uniquely. I have life experiences that are different than yours. The places that I've been, the spaces I feel safe in look differently. So my room is, I want you to think like old world. If you've ever seen the movie Brave, like that castle with the stone and the rock and the big rafters, that's my room. And there's a fireplace because roaring, crackling fire makes me feel safe and it makes me feel warm. And so on one wall, there's a, there's a big fireplace and there's a big table and there's two chairs seated at each end. And they're not super fancy, but you can tell that they are, they are positions of importance. And then the rest of the walls are closed in except for right here and there are doors. And it's also not time appropriate, but they're French doors because it's my vision, so it is what it is. And they're glass, and so you can see through them. And Madison encouraged us to envision ourselves on the outside. And we're clothed in rags. We're clothed in all the words and all the lies that the world tells us about ourselves, all the things, all the shame, all the brokenness that we walk in as we stand outside of that room. And Jesus is inside, and he's at the table. And he stands, and he walks across this room, and it's a really long rectangular room in my, in my room. And he walks across, and he's locking eyes with me through the door. And he gets to the door, and he opens it. And in one fell swoop, the rags, the filth, the grime, the lies, the deception that I have walked in, they just fall to the ground. And I'm clothed in robes of righteousness. Because in Isaiah 61, the Lord tells us, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall exalt to my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Now in my room, what happens is my robes of righteousness are my wedding dress. And as I stood there and I envisioned Jesus looking into my eyes, I'm wearing my wedding dress again. And I don't look like the day of my wedding. My hair's down and I'm just normal. I'm barefoot. But my wedding dress didn't have lace and beads. It had, it had stitching on it. I'm not a super fancy girl. So I just wanted some embroidery on it. And in this season of my life, I was struggling to claim and to walk in the names that the Lord was speaking over me. Beloved? Redeemed? forgiven, anointed, strong. Those weren't for me. Those were for other people. They weren't mine to walk in. But all of a sudden, all of that stitching that on my wedding day was just scrolls and little flowers was every name that the Lord called me. 
On my wedding day, it was white. But on this day, in my vision, it was purple because I was royalty. And Jesus invited me into the room. And as I enter and I cross that threshold, all the names turn to white. And I hear this understanding from him that I get to walk in those with him. Those are his, those are his names for me. They're just for me and him. And so they don't have to be purple so the whole world gets to see them. I know they are. But from here on, it's between me and my love. It's between me and my Savior. It's between me and my Jesus. And he ushers me into the room, and he seats me at one end of the table. And he takes his position at the other end. My table has benches down the side. I talk about this a lot if you've heard me talk about benches. We lived in South America, and when you had furniture made, you had very fancy furniture made. Bolivians liked a good dining room table with very fancy chairs, with very specific things. And I, I blew the carpenters' minds. They were like, wait, what, you want benches? I do not understand. What is a bench? Because they're thinking a bench on the sidewalk. And I'm like, no, I want it in my dining room. Because my theory was always, I didn't know who the Lord was going to bring to our door. And I could squeeze a lot of people on that bench. And I didn't ever want anyone to show up to my house and there not be a place at the table. I can always tell you to scoot over. So in my vision, my table has benches. And when I left that weekend, I thought, don't you love how we interpret things on our own? I thought the table was for all the people that the Lord was going to allow me to bring to the table. People that I was going to get to share his name with, people that I was going to get to testify to about who he is. Sorry. What I didn't know was there was a lot of room around that table because there were going to be parts of me that needed to come to the table that had never come before. We talked last month about how in walking out loving our enemy, I had forgiven my enemies. I had done the good work. I had forgiven them, but I had stopped short. And we serve a good, good God who never, never wants his children to stop short because he knows that there's more of him and there's fullness to be had in walking with him in every part of him. Oh, and that's also why we're all white because my wedding dress is boxed up at my mama's house. So I was like, all right, we're just going to do the thing. I think it's important to have things in our life that are markers and reminders of the things that he's walked us through. So throughout this year, he has continued to remind me there are woundings. My son Nathan one time, in his sweet, sweet little boy wisdom, decided he was going to make up a game for he and his brothers. We lived in Brownwood, Texas, and in Brownwood, Texas, we love to landscape with rocks because what else is there in Brownwood, Texas? So all of our flower beds had these beautiful rocks around them. Well, Nathan had this great idea. Okay, somebody gave us, you know those baskets? It's kind of like Frisbee golf, but for pre-K, where you like throw it in the basket. Two people are going to put the baskets on their head. That's a great idea. They're not see-through, by the way. It's not, not a thing. And they're going to run around the yard, and the other person's going to throw balls at them. It's a great idea. I, I see no fallacy with this plan. 
Nathan falls. Duh, there's rocks. He trips, he falls. He comes. He knows that he's hurting a little bit, but he comes to our back door, which now that I'm remembering, it's glass fringe doors. And he stands right on the outside of the door and he's knocking and he doesn't know he's wounded. He doesn't realize that there is literally blood pouring down his little head until his eyes lock in on his reflection. I was walking around wounded. I was walking around with wounds that the Lord wanted to heal because he wants us whole. He wants us complete. He wants us in that beautiful state that he created in the Garden of Eden. That's what he wants for us. That's his heart's desire for us, that, that intimacy, that un unity with him. So I was walking around denying healing because I, I, don't, I don't see blood. There's no blood. What are you talking about? I don't have a huge gaping wound. I don't have things that I'm trying to tuck inside and hide so that no one sees them. I don't have things that are too hard to talk about. I don't want to go back there. I don't have any of those things. I came. Jesus gave that invitation to come. I came. I came at 11. I said, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I got wet in the waters. I came. I did the thing. But there was more. I stopped short. I stopped short. And so for a second, I want us to walk us through a few verses in Psalms and in Isaiah that are going to tell us about this beautiful, beautiful God that we have that brings healing. So if you have your, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Psalm 147.3, I just want us to remind ourselves who this Jesus is, who this Jesus is at the table, and what he has for us. So in Psalm 147.3, we're actually going to start in verse 1. I mean, come on, y'all. The chapter is literally titled, He Heals the Brokenhearted. <laughs> praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and his song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, and he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I had wounds that needed binding. I needed wounds that, that needed healing. And I was doing the things. Please don't hear me say that there are not really good things that we do that the Lord uses as instruments and tools, right? Even little things. I've made diet changes in the last year. I don't do sugar and flour anymore, not because I like to be healthy, but because I turn into a really ugly person when I eat those things. But even in that, that doesn't heal me. It helps me manage a little better, helps me cope a little better. It doesn't heal me. I go to counseling. I make that truck out to Ada because my counselor's worth it, and I adore her every Friday. And she is phenomenal, and she is a tool that the Lord is using in my life. But she can't heal me. She can't heal me. And so I walked from 11 until that day this spring, looking for people this side of heaven to heal me. New habits, new life things, I'm gonna try this, I'll read this book, 
Oh, Callie says this worked for her. I'll try that. Oh, Andrea says this worked for her. Let's go do that. Trying to put my own Band-Aids on things. And he was sitting at the table, just waiting. But that beautiful invitation, come. Come to me, all you who are broken, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a beautiful invitation, y'all. It's a beautiful invitation. Psalm 61, back to Psalm 61. So we read about the robes of righteousness, but in the first verse it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Isaiah is speaking, and he says, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. I'll speak for myself. I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord, but there are days that I have been living as a captive, days that I have walked myself into the prison and bound myself and said, I'm going to stay right here. This is what I deserve. And he just wanted to put on my wedding dress and speak those names over me and bind up wounds because that's who he is. When we find him in the New Testament with the woman at the well, and here she is. How many husbands has she had? How many lovers has she had? How many indiscretions have there been? And everybody knows. I walk around with my woundings and I try to hide them as good as I can. But here comes this woman to the well. Everybody knows. And Jesus' words to her are not, hey, go make the things right. Go make the things right and then you come back to me. Go study harder. Go to temple. Go listen to the priest. Go do the things. Go learn the things. I heard, I heard a lady say the other day she was very biblically educated but not transformed. I was like, ooh, how about you step on all my toes? He didn't say any of that to her. He offered her water. He offered her living water. He offered her healing in a way that no one had been able to do for her. And that's what he, that's what he invites us into tonight. I kept sitting with him and saying, Lord, this feels really simple. <laughs> Are you sure there's nothing like that, that's more profound that we're supposed to talk about and some obscure story you're supposed to lead me to in scripture that we're going to talk about. And he goes, no, it is profound. My invitation to you is profound. And it's extended with every ounce of love that I have for you. Every ounce of love. I want to share two parts real quick that I have walked through this year that the Lord has brought healing to. Because I think it's important for us to talk about those things with each other. It's all good and well for me to stand up here and tell you I have wounds and tell you that the Lord has healed stuff. But I just think it's important. I think it's important for us to testify and repent and say the things. So there was a part of me that was walking around in wounding of feeling like I had to hide. 
feeling like I had to wear this mask all the time. All the time. What I do, and again, I prayed over this space that no one walks out of here saying, I'm going to go do that. Don't do what I do. <laughs> do what the Lord calls you into. But what he called me into was, was talking to that wounded part and saying, hey, tell me, tell me what I'm missing here. What do, what do I need to see? And she was tired. She was tired of wearing a mask, of walking around, always afraid that the mask was going to drop and that people were going to see her for who she really was, for the ugly that was inside that hadn't been transformed yet. She was weary. And every time one of those parts gets called to the table, Jesus speaks truth, y'all. He speaks healing. And I don't know how it happens. I don't have to know. I don't have to know the side of heaven, but I know it's him. I know who it comes from. I know who guides my heart to specific stories in scripture. And so... And that one, that sweet little part was wounded, and he just continued to take me to the woman at the well and the woman who received healing just by touching the garment, just by touching his him. Because again, in both of those stories, Jesus does not say, go fix yourself and come back. Go try all the things. That sweet woman who'd been bleeding, she'd tried all the things, hadn't she? She'd tried all the things. And so Jesus said, just come. Just come touch the hymn. That's all I need you to do. Just come. Healing is here, but it has to be with me. It has to be with me. And then I have a part of me that is, whoo, she's working on anxiety, y'all. <laughs> but my sweet counselor, Dana, tells me I idle too high. I don't know anything about cars. I know I crank my ignition and it goes if I put gas in it and... My boys pump my gas now, so, you know, there's that. I do take it to get oil changed when the light comes on. I do the things, but I don't know anything. So when she talks about idling, I'm like, what do, what do you mean? And she goes, you literally idle up here. And so when something happens, guess what? You got nowhere to go. <laughs> Maybe off a roof. I don't think that's a great way to go. Like, don't, don't do that. We got to bring you down, right? And so I've tried all the things, y'all. I oil, I'm oily, I love essential oils. They do help, they don't heal me. I still have to put them on every morning for them to do what I need them to do. I pray, I spend time in the word, I do the thing, right? And, I, and I've tried the things, I tried to change my diet, did that, that helps. And so I've been walking this and finally this, this weekend, I was like, all right, fine. Jesus, why is it that I always take, it takes that for me to get there, right? All right, fine, I've tried all the things. Let's go to the table. And I always close my eyes so that I can see the table, so that I can anchor myself in the names that he speaks over me, so that I can remember that like the Samaritan woman who had no right to be offered water by the Savior, culturally or or stigma-wise, but Jesus is seated at the table with me. So I close my eyes so that I can anchor myself in that and remind myself of where I am and who I am. And I say, okay, Jesus, what is that idling? 
Why is it too high? Why is it too fast? Why do my insides always feel like they're churning? And he took me to the storm. Remember the storm? And I don't love boats. They make me feel out of control, which is also an issue that I'll have to work through with the Lord. But when I envision the storm and that boat, y'all, it, it makes my insides turn. And as I had my eyes closed, it was almost like I, I could see an outline of myself. You remember when we were in kindergarten and you would draw like your outline of yourself and cut it out? And it was like I could see an outline of myself and there was just stormy water. Shirley, one of our dear, dear friends here, she's an artist. It was as if she could have painted on that, just waves crashing and wind blowing. And what did Jesus say? Peace. Peace, be still. Y'all, I'm writing it on my arm in magic marker right now. That's where I'm at. Okay. It's going to wash off in a couple days. I will write it again. But when I say this out loud right now, in this season that I'm walking through of healing with him and my insides start to turn and the waves and the waters start to roar again and I feel out of control of all the things and I stop wherever I am and I audibly say, peace. In the name of Jesus, be still. My body does something that it's never done before. It relaxes. My husband will tell you on our first date, I sat like this for most of the date. And he was like, hey, you should lower your shoulders. And I'm like, they are. They're lowered. I'm totally relaxed. And he was like, P.S., they're not. Because <laughs> I don't ever realize I'm in this state until the Lord shows me what this feels like. Until I allow him to speak peace, be still over me. So I just want to close us in Isaiah 53 tonight. And I just want to continue to reiterate, there's two parts to the invitation of come. If you haven't ever started that walk with Jesus, that invitation is there. And not because you're here and this is some special place, although we do love this place and we believe Jesus shows up here. But that invitation is with you wherever you go this side of heaven. He just says, come. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fix yourself up. Don't you love that he spoke that through Kelly to us tonight? You don't have to do any of that. Just come. Just come. And then once you come, don't stop short, daughter. Those wounds, those things that you continue to carry around and walk in that keep you from living in fullness of me, in communion at the table, bring those to me. Bring those to me. I'm the one that gets to heal those. I'm the one that gets to touch those places. Because the reality is, just like Isaiah 53 tells us, sorry, y'all, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him, was the chastisement that brought us peace. Y'all, I can't see. And with his wounds, we are healed.
please don't forget what tense that verb is in. It doesn't say we will be healing. We will be healed. Although those are beautiful things too. When Jesus died on the cross, it was finished. We are healed. That invitation to the table was laid. It was written in his blood. And it will continue to be offered every day. It's not one he rescinds. It's not one he takes back. He just continues to whisper it. Come. Come. Come when your insides are churning. Come when you're afraid to let people see what's inside. Come, whatever yours is. He's begging. He wants that for you. So I just want us to just sit with that tonight. If you have anything that we can pray for with you, if you have anything that we can walk through with you, we would love to. We would love to. Kelly and Olivia, are you guys, I don't know all the things. I read my order and I'm sorry, I forgot. But we're going to have, I mean, I love, we have board members and we are absolutely here for all the things. And you're in company of women who are beautiful prayer warriors. So if there's any way that we can pray over you or minister to you, we would love to do that tonight. We would love to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'm going to close this in prayer real quick and then I will turn it over to these beautiful ladies. Oh, Father, what a gift. What a gift it is to walk this life with you. To know more and more and more of you. To start that initial journey with you when you call us, when you say come. When we, for the first time, get to say yes, you are mine and I am yours. And thank you that your heart does not long for us to stop there. Your heart does not long for us to carry the things in this world that that are wounds that will happen this side of heaven. Your heart stays at the table. And you, you sent us Jesus, who's a beautiful and perfect healer. And you left the Holy Spirit with us, which is a beautiful comforter. We are so grateful, so, so grateful. And so, Father, tonight, let us not leave this place forgetting that that invitation of come is for every second of every day. It is for every wound. It is for every burden. It is for every single thing that we carry. I pray for healing tonight. I pray for wounds to be bound. I pray for the brokenhearted. Pray that your oil would just anoint us this evening, Father. Where there are wounds, may those wounds be softened. May your gentle and kind and compassionate healing touch come. May we feel your presence. May we know that you're here. And may every day we just walk changed. We just want to walk in closer intimacy with you. We want those wounds to be healed so that we know fullness, so that we know shalom, so that we know completion, so that we walk in the authority and the anointing of healed. And as you do that, Father, help us. 
Help us to listen. Help us to tune our eyes to you, our ears to you, that we would hear you. That for every woman in this place, that you would show her what that looks like for her. Whether that is a picture or a dream or whether you audibly speak, whatever it is, that every woman in this place would know what is uniquely for her in walking that out with you. Please reveal that, Father. Never let us try and imitate or copy what you have given to others. Let us listen to you for your word for us and give us courage to walk that out. Thank you for being a God that we can trust. Thank you for being faithful. Jesus, thank you for healing. Thank you for your invitation to come. And it is in your mighty and holy and precious and beautiful name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 